Now, as we kick off today, have you ever had uh, an introductory to a class? Uh, um, in college, it'd be a syllabus. Maybe in junior high and high school, you know, they would just say, hey, welcome to, and they would walk you through, here's why you're here and here's what we're going to be doing. Uh, uh, some of you have or will experience this in a new job, uh, a new job orientation. You know, here's what we are as a company and here is your role, you know, in that company. Some of you uh, will experience this or have experienced this in a premarital counseling you know, this is why you're getting married, who you're getting married to. Some of you guys take parenting classes. You know, now when we get beyond that time, many of us think we don't need to go back to get refreshed or renewed, you know, of a reminders of that encounter. So you're in your job long enough, you're like, I don't need to go back through orientation again. I know this thing. You know, some of us think that in marriage. I've already done premarital counseling. I'm good. I'm like, no, you're not. You know, um, we got to go back to the basics. The reason it's important is that some of you know, you know, this as it being Super Bowl Sunday is a guy by the name of Vince Lombardi. Okay, Vince Lombardi, you know, coached the Green Bay Packers. They call it the Lombardi Trophy after him because he was a championship coach. And one of the things that Vince Lombardi is absolutely famous for is he would gather his guys. Now understand again, these are professional football players. They have been playing football, you know, since they were little, little. They have gone through the basics. They've gone to all that to reach the top of the mountain in their field, which is to play professional football, especially in that day for the Green Bay Packers. And he would gather the guys together to begin every season. And he would always start with something like this. Gentlemen, this is a football. And they would all just look at him and laugh. But what he was saying was, is he's saying, we have to go back to the basics in order to become the championship team that we're supposed to become of the expectations. We have to go back to simplicity, okay? So I'm gonna throw this out there. There we go, see, I knew he'd get that. One, one at a time, I throw it underhand. I throw it overhand, but I, I would hit some lady in the head and that would not be pleasant <laughs> for either of us. Uh, another, uh, one of my favorites, a guy named John Wooden. Okay, John Wooden, a uh, legendary basketball coach, he used to the 11 you know, national championships. Uh, one of the things that John Wooden is famous for is he would gather these uh, preseason or, you know, or returning all-American basketball players. These guys have been playing basketball forever. And he would sit the guys down, guys like Luke Walton, guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, et cetera, et cetera. He'd sit them down and be like, all right, guys, this is how you put on your socks and shoes. And they would just laugh at him. They're like, are you kidding me? I've been putting on socks and shoes since I was two years old, and you're going to go back and teach me how to put on socks and shoes. What Wooden knew that they need to understand is before we do drills, before we design plays, before we scout other teams, we need to make sure we put on our socks correctly because if the socks fold over, you have a chance to get a blister. If you get a bad blister, you're going to miss a practice time. If you miss a practice time, you're not going to be playing in the game as much. If you're not going to be playing in the game as much, we're not going to win as many games without you. And if we're not going to win as many games without you, then we don't have the chance to win championships. So sit down while we learn how to put on our socks and shoes. You see, he went back to the basics over and over and over again. And this is what we are doing as we kick off this series. We are going back to the basics. Here is the theme of the entire series these next nine weeks. To be rooted is to deepen our relationship, or for some of us to start our relationship with Jesus, each other, and to live out our purpose in the world. To live out our purpose. So we need to go back to those basics in order to become the kind of people that God has intended us to become. So let's start with this for today. All of us are trying to develop deep root systems in our lives. We're trying to develop root systems in our lives. Think of a tree 
right? When a tree begins, you know, it has a very weak and little root system, and as it continues to grow, the root system is supposed to go deeper and wider so that it gets the nutrients, it gets the stability, so that when things come, you know, uh, like storms or situations in life, the tree stays and it doesn't fall over. In the same way, we've got to develop root systems of purpose, of stability, of intentionality, all these things that will help us to grow to become the people that God has called us to be so that when, not if, bad things happen in life and situations, storms of life come, you realize that you're able not to fall over, but you have stood strong. Now, as it comes to a tree, you do realize that we've been surprised Right, a couple of years ago, we had this massive windstorm. One of the things that was surprising about the windstorm is that some of us had these trees that would fall over, as you see, and you'd realize, like, wait a minute, I thought the root system was so much deeper than what it appeared, so much deeper, and it's the same thing with us. You'll know how deep your root system is when these things in life come. You'll know exactly what you're rooted in, and when we don't have the proper root system, you and I will lack stability, purpose, direction, fulfillment, and maybe even this morning, some of you actually feeling this way right now. Now, all of us, as we develop root systems, we actually do it in similar ways. So let me give you a couple ways, a couple things that we root ourselves in. Before we do, though, here's what I want you to start thinking about. Does any of these relate to you? In other words, if, if you're able to pinpoint this is my rooted system. This is actually what I find myself being rooted in. It will help you not only today, but for the rest of the series. So let me give you some ideas to kind of jog maybe your thoughts. M maybe you find your root system in your job, right? Uh, maybe in your school, in your academics. You'd be like, you know, this is, this is who I am. Maybe it's in your sports or in your extracurricular activities, it's, it's a way to kind of describe yourself. When you're describing yourself to other people, do you say, well, I'm a dancer or I'm an athlete or I'm academic or this is my job and this, I'm a mom, I'm a, you know, whatever these things. This is my role in life. That would be an example of what a root system would be. Uh, maybe you find your root system in your finances. Uh, you're so concerned about your 401ks and your savings, you know, and the things that be built up to reach that perfect number that would bring some stability. See what you're trying to do? Stability in life. Now, again, none of these things are bad things in and of themselves, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, maybe you find it in uh, material things, uh, like uh, a house. So you find stability, you find this root system, uh, and you don't like, you know, to move anywhere. You just like to be stable because of the house, the vehicles, you know, that you own. Uh, as Americans, some of us find it in safety. As long as we feel secure, no risk, you know, uh, uh, the more safe we are or appear to be, we feel like that that's a root system. Some of us try to find it in relationships. Uh, we find it in friendships. Like if I have this friendship or if I have, you know, this uh, uh, spouse or child, you know, whatever it may be, that's where my root system is. And again, that's not a bad thing. How about our health? Some people spend so much time on what they eat and, and how much they exercise because the health is the root system in our lives. For some of us, it's our hobbies or other people might look at it as our obsessions, you know, things that we really spend a lot of time. We find this fulfillment, this purpose, and this meeting. Now, again, like I said, none of these things are bad until you start looking to the back of your life. Sometimes hindsight is 20-20 as you look behind. Here's what I can tell you in, in high school. Uh, one of my root systems was sports. So it's sports. And here's how I knew it was a root system is because my junior year in high school, I tore my ankle playing football, which really affected what I loved more than football, which was basketball at the time. 
You know, and, and, and what I was, I remember having conversations with my mom, just going, I just feel completely wrecked. I feel lost. I don't know what to do because I had found my purpose, my root system was in sports. My mom says, yeah, sometimes I wonder whether you would choose God or sports. And I said, I can't be, I have to be honest with you. I don't know which one I would choose if it was between the two. Uh, also in high school, I remember a girls became a root system, right? When I was uh, dating, you know, uh, a gal and had the girlfriend, you know, uh, especially as a junior and senior in high school, I was like, yeah, that, now that's a root system. Now, if I ever were to break up with them or if they ever would break up with me, which never obviously happened, um, <laughs> Uh, let me be honest. When they broke up with me, uh, you know, I would be crushed, absolutely crushed. I'd wander around like, oh my gosh, my root system was so based on that relationship, I found myself completely wandering. As I got older, you know, you get married and, you, and you're like, this is great. You find it in your kids. Problem is kids grow up, don't they? You know, and so you're like, my root system is my, my kids. Uh, even as a pastor, I found it in my job. I found it more evidently in Arizona, you know, where it's like, as the church went well, so did I. When it didn't go well, I didn't go well. My root system was in my job. See, those things aren't bad in of themselves, but when it's the primary root system in our lives, here's how we know it's a root system. When it gets taken, play, when it gets taken away or things or circumstances change in our lives, we are decimated. We're absolutely decimated. And not for just a little season of mourning that all of us should experience whenever we face loss of any kind, but we actually, we don't know which way is up and down for an extended period of time because we have found our root system in one of those things. Now, be honest with yourself. What is your current root system? What do you find yourself rooted in? Because whatever I am rooted in becomes my identity. Whatever I'm rooted in becomes my identity. And my identity is who I am and what I am here for. It's who I am, what I'm here for. So when you describe or think about your identity, maybe that's an easier word. When you say, when you were to describe yourself or describe other people, what do you say about yourself? And you might find uh, an example of what your root system may be. Here's the main point for today. If you get nothing else out of today on the Super Bowl Sunday, don't miss this. If I don't find my core identity in the creator, I will find it in his creation. If I don't find it in the creator, I will find it in his creation. And it's no wonder we are so confused as a society. When we don't look at the way the creator God created us and his purpose for us, we look around and we try to fumble about trying to figure out through our intellectual understanding experience that this must be the right way because we are an enlightened people, not realizing that the creator is more enlightened than we are. See, realize that God is the one who created it all. If we go back to the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void. Darkness is over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And on the first day, he creates light. And that's day one. He says, this is good. Day two, separated the land and water from space and sky, and he said it was good. Day three, God created vegetation, plants, and trees, and he said it was good. Day four, God created sun, moon, and the calendar days, and he said it was good. Day five, God created animals in the sea and the birds on the land, and it was good. And day six, God created every kind of animal on land. In addition, he created man, and we find out in Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Humor me for just a second. Look to your left, to the person who's there. Now look to your right, to the person who's there. If you ever wanted to know, besides the back head of the person you just looked at, if you ever want to know what God looks like, look around. We're created in his image. Wonder what God looks like. He tells us. We, he looks like us. We are created in his image. 
In the image of God, he created us. They will reign, he says, here's our purpose. They'll reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, small animals that scurry along the ground. So there is a separation in value, in priority between the creation and even man over the creation. Sometimes we get confused in some of that as well. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. One of the things that people have asked, like, well, why did God do that? Did he, did he need us? No, God doesn't need us. Let me, let me put it human-wise. Uh, if you have a child, that's a blessing. If you don't have a child, you're still blessed. It's okay. In fact, some of us who have children wish we didn't at times, you know, if we were to be honest, at different seasons and circumstances, we always want what the other person has or what we used to have. But I'm just saying is it doesn't complete you anymore, right? God is perfect. He doesn't need us to complete something that's missing inside of him. He created us. Here's why. To be in relationship with us. As the creator, he says, I want to create, you know, this humanity, this, this male and female, and I want to be in relationship so much so that he actually sent himself to come in the form of Jesus to try to bring that back into right relationship and that we would have relationship with one another with him at the center. That's the reason that we are supposed to be here. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Mark chapter 12, of all the commandments, somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important? Out of the hundreds and hundreds of commandments in the Old Testament we read, what's most important? Jesus says, oh, that's easy. Most important is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and he's the only Lord. So there's only one God, not many gods, not many religions, one. It says, and you must love the Lord your God. That's not what Dan says, that's what the Bible says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is equally important, to love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Not one is above the other. The importance of loving God and loving others, that's our intended purpose. See, if the creator isn't the core, then we find ourselves looking to his creation. Uh, let me give you an example of this. If your root system is something other than Jesus, other than God, we find our value and root system into whatever it is that we think is going to bring this. Let me give you a couple of examples. See, I love my wife, but I actually am trying to love Jesus more than my wife. I love my kids, but Jesus is trying to be more my root system than my kids. I love my job, but even as a pastor, Jesus and my relationship with him is supposed to be more important than my job. I love even finances and being financially responsible, but Jesus is supposed to be the one in charge of my finances. But like I said, we look to his creation. We look to counselors and friends and, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind. Like, well, who do you think I should be and what do you think I should be about and what's my identity and what's my fulfillment and purpose? And some of that's really, really good, but a lot of us are driven so much by our feelings that we don't realize that we're, ending, we're headed in a trajectory that's gonna leave us more damaged than help because we're looking not to the one who created, but to the creation itself. God told us that this would happen. In fact, he said in Romans chapter 1, 21, yes, they knew God. They were aware of him. Even creation speaks to, you know, a creator, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of actually what God was like. And so as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Verse 25, don't miss this. They created the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things that God created instead of the creator himself who's worthy of eternal praise, Amen. Uh, some of you are still trying to find your identity in people who are not even in your life anymore. You're so wanting approval from the dad who never gave it, the mom who never loved you, the person who told you would never amount to much, that you've centered your entire identity on someone who's not even actively loving, caring in your life instead of looking to the creator. 
Some of you, you know, like, uh, I'll use this one. This is a, is a great one. Uh, 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 couples, if you have a kid, sometimes your entire root system becomes about the children. Uh, stay-at-home moms, you become all about the children. The problem is children grow up. And then eventually they're actually supposed to leave the nest. And then all of a sudden you see the mom or the dad and they spiral because their entire root system has been all about the kids. And many times they end up in divorce because their entire root system was not even about each other. It was about the kids. And all of a sudden the kids grows up and they look at each other like, I don't even know you anymore. Who are you? And that happens commonly more often than we'd like to admit, ad- admit. We have a culture and generation that's growing up that is completely confused about their identity. So let's have a conversation for just a second. Those of you who are younger, I think you'll, you'll really relate because you face this in your junior high and your middle, middle school and your high schools on a regular basis. Uh, the, you're growing up in a world that many of us did not grow up. You're so confused about even your race, your gender, and your sexuality. There's this confusion, you know, that's out there that didn't used to be confusing when we looked at our creator for the purpose in which we exist. So let me, let me give you one example, you know, a race, right? Race has become uh, a, an issue more today than probably ever in the history. And it's not just race relations, it's who am I, my root system. So we live in a specific community, you know, and you're going to see this more and more and more as we stop looking at the creator and look to the creation, you know, where there was a gal, you know, who was leading African-American studies in our community, head of the NAACP, who said that she was African-American. Come to find out she's Caucasian. She's white. But her identity, her root system was so ingrained because of her adopted four brothers and sisters who are from Africa that she wanted so badly to be identified in that direction that she said, this is who I am. That's not who you are. Now we can love, we respect, we can honor people who are different. We can be equal but separate and that's good. That's the way the creator intended it. And we should learn from one another in different cultures but there's a line that we begin to cross that we get confused in our own minds to say, this is what I am. Like, no, 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 that's not what you are and that's okay. And it's okay. Uh, oh, oh, this uh, gender you know, identity is the, is the newest one you know, for our culture. You do realize that the further we look away from God, the more confusing this is going to be. Now, hear me clearly. I'm not casting judgment on anyone. You know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, and so would our society, that we're confused right now. And I would contend we're confused because we're not looking to the creator. And so now we have conversations like, well, wait a minute. On the inside, I seem to fit or feel more like a female, even though on the outside I'm a male, so I must be female, or I'm a female and I seem to connect with or get along with or feel more connected to men, so I must be a man. Where are we getting that idea from? We're getting it from creation. We're not getting it from the creator. And so we find ourselves completely confused. In fact, you do know in California, the, the, the uh, forms that we fill out today, starting in 2019, you know, on many of the government forms and the state forms you know, that are taking place, you can check male, female, or non-binary. This is what's beginning to take place. And it's only going to head in that direction. I only say this again because this is what God said would happen if we don't look to him for who we are and our created purpose in being. And I get the confusion. Like I said, it's not a judgment. I'm not here to judge our culture. We're here to help point the way. And so here's the way. When I accept and live in my identity that is Jesus... I will experience a deep root system. Colossians 2 tells us this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So let your roots grow down into him. 
Not into all these other things, which are all good in our lives. Is it bad to have relationships? No. Is it bad to have hobbies and sports? No. Is it bad to be you know, good with your finances? No. Is it bad to be about your health? No. But he says, the root system of our lives needs to be Jesus, to be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let me ask a question. Uh, how many of you guys have actually uh, experienced the sequoia trees of California? Anybody experience those things? Okay, I went as a kid, and, and uh, I think they still have it today. I remember driving through one of the trees with our vehicle, you know, with a car. But these things are massive, you know, massive in California. And, and you can see just like, oh my gosh, these trees, just to stand there, you're just kind of in awe, you know, and wonder. If it's, it's something different to be there than even to see. The pictures don't even do it justice. And here's the interesting thing. You would think with trees that could get up to like 300, 350 feet tall, that they would have to have a massive root system that would have to go so deep in the earth so that when the storms, especially in that part of the country, that come in from the coast, that could easily blow something that tall over, that they would have to have something strong in order to stand. And they do to an extent. But here's what they discovered about the sequoia trees. Is the sequoia tree's strength is not in the depth of the root system. The sequoia tree's strength is in how they're intertwined with the other sequoia trees in their root system. And so when the storms come, their actual dependence on one another is actually what keeps them from falling over more than it is by going down. You know where I'm going? See, God says the two greatest commands, love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But he says the second is just as important as, your, as the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. You and I were never intended to run this race of life by ourselves. And so we get so confused in our root system when we try to figure it out by ourselves. But we need other people also focused on God. In fact, you do realize that in the creation story, there's only one time that God says that it's not good. This is before the falls, before sin, before the serpent, before the tree. There's only one time that God says not good, and it comes from Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable or a helper who is just right for him. Different translation, different verses there. Now, for those of you who have read this story over and over and over, you're like, hey, that's basic stuff. Most of you forget that God's next sentence after that is he takes all the animals and asks Adam, and he looks at Adam and says, name the animals, but let's see if we can find a helper suitable for you from the animals. <laughs> Imagine that for a second, right? Here's my hippo. You know, me and the hippo, we're doing life together, right? You know, the aardvark, you know, whatever it may be, giraffe. How cool is that? Like, hey, giraffe, you know, this us too. God created me and created you. Let's do this together. Some of you guys are laughing, but you do this with your own pets. That's what cracks me up, you know. <laughs> I'm complete in you, little fluffy, you know. <laughs> Again, priorities, you know, in those verses. So he finds that, that, all right, none was suitable as the helper. We'd rather isolate. We know we're, we're inclined to actually want to do things by ourselves, and we're Americans, and it makes it even worse. We're supposed to be independent. We're supposed to show them, and our society actually works everything against this. But he says, I will make woman. And, and so that you know that it's the equality in the helpmate that's taken place, not in one lording it over the other before creation, before the sin, before all that kind of stuff happens. I'm actually going to take a rib from you to illustrate and emphasize the important connection you have with one another. And then God says, and it was very good. It was very good, all in the aspects of the creator. See, as we wrap up this morning, this is a football. 
Here are socks and shoes. And for us, we've got to get back to the creator to find our system so that we don't look to his creation. Now, this is so important. When we say Jesus needs to be the source, Jesus needs to be the one that helps deepen us. Because here's what we know to be true. Because some people might ask like, oh gosh, I have to add another thing to my root system. No, Jesus needs to be the core of our root system. And here's the coolest thing. When Jesus is the core, he makes all the other root systems better. And he shows us the purpose and meaning behind those things. That's the only reason he wants to be the core. Uh, you want to know how to, how to have a great marriage? Jesus tells us. You want to know how to be an incredible parent? Jesus tells us. You want to know what it's supposed to look like, you know, in your job? Jesus tells us. You know, you want to, you want to know what it's like to, you know, have our finances, you know, uh, to be in the right order? Jesus tells us. And it goes on and on and on. God's word reveals his intended purpose for us. It's not to put a yoke or a weight. It's supposed to deepen us so that when the storms of life comes, and some of you experience some hard ones, you've gotten divorced, your kids have grown up, you've gone into financial ruin, you've had health issues. What's the root system that holds it all together that you can stand and then after that trial and after that season, you'll actually find yourself, just like in winter seasons in this part of the country, stronger because you've weathered the storm. But now, as always, the choice is yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning and for the opportunity to just uh, have the conversation about being rooted in you, looking to the creator instead of its creation. I pray that you would just guide us and maybe there's someone here who's not yet accepted or received you. Maybe today would be the day to say, yes, I want my, my life to be rooted in you. Father, for the rest of us, help us. Help us right now even my, by your spirit identify maybe some misplaced rooted systems. Some things that are good, but we've, we've kind of miscategorized or prioritized those things. Even found our identity in those things instead of in you. Help us to go deeper with you through this next nine weeks together. So in Jesus' name we pray, amen.